Being a Better Man, episode 188. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. When I was 12 years old, I started to develop a dream, an ambition. Like most ambitions, mine just didn't show up out of the clear blue sky. Rather, it was prompted by something very specific. What prompted my dream was a book. In seventh grade, I had found a book in my school library. It was about the life of a famous boxer named Rocky Marciano from the 1950s. He wasn't just a famous boxer, he was the heavyweight champion of the world. Not only that, but he was the only heavyweight champ to ever retire undefeated. I didn't realize that when I checked out that book, how it would change my life. Rocky Marciano became a hero to me as I read the story of his life, from his humble beginnings in Brockton, Massachusetts, to him winning the most coveted title of the day, heavyweight champion. Along the way, I developed a sense of the man, his character. He was small for his weight class with little short arms, but he had a head made of granite. But it was his heart that I respected most, his courage and fortitude. He overcame his physical adversities with sheer determination and grit. He trained longer and worked harder than all of his competition, and that's why he won. I was also impressed by the influence he had over kids and fans in general. The public loved him, and he was an excellent role model for thousands. I read the book through, and then I read it again. And I read it several more times until I could recite the action of his most famous fights punch by punch, something I would do gladly without too much provocation. One day I made a decision that I was going to follow in Rocky's footsteps and become the heavyweight champion of the world. If I couldn't be a superhero, at least I could be a boxer. I told my parents and anyone who would listen of my decision. Most people thought I was just going through a phase, but I was deadly serious. The problem was that living way out in the country as we did, there were no boxing facilities. There were no trainers. There weren't even any stores that sold boxing gloves. I didn't let any of that dampen my spirits, though. I got an empty feed bag. It was large and made of burlap, and I filled it with other feed bags, some clothes, a little hay, and even some dirt, until it was the right weight and consistency that I thought I needed. I hung that bag from the apple tree in our yard. I checked out some more books about boxing technique, and I read them all. Then I started punching that bag. Very quickly, all my knuckles were bloody from the rough burlap. My mom had a whole box of gloves that she used for gardening, so I started wearing them. I would wear the gloves out pretty quickly, 
and then I would just grab another pair and keep going. I would be out in the yard for hours, just punching away on that homemade bag. I would go until I was exhausted, or something else made me stop. Then the next day I'd be back at it. The entire time I didn't have any idea if I was doing anything right, but I figured doing something was better than doing nothing. This went on like this for a couple years. During that time, I had to replace the bag several times. I took the $45 I earned from my first job picking strawberries to mail order my very first pair of boxing gloves. I'll never forget the feeling I had when I put them on for the first time. After two years, my parents started to realize that it wasn't just a phase. I was actually serious. Unbeknownst to me, they started searching for someone locally that could teach me how to box. Who they found was a guy named Al Vitolo. He was a cantankerous little Italian guy who was tough as nails, a former New York City featherweight champion, and he was looking for guys to train. And when they told me about him, I thought I was dreaming. This seemed too good to be true. When I met Al for the first few times, we didn't do much. He had me jump rope and shuffle around a little. I thought it was kind of lame. What I didn't know was that Al was spending that time just sizing me up. He didn't ask for any money. He was looking for guys who might one day turn pro. His investment of time was focused on that future, so he was very careful about who he agreed to work with. One day, Al took me to the boxing gym at Fort Lewis Army Base. It was like walking into a boxing movie. Guys were shadow boxing in mirrors and jumping rope. They had an actual boxing ring, and you could smell the sweat in the blood. He had me get warmed up a little bit, jumping some rope, and I got to punch a real live punching bag for the first time in my life. It was made out of leather and everything. Then all of a sudden... He told me to get in the ring. Once in, he started fitting me with a cup and headgear. He wrapped my hands and put these big 16-ounce gloves on me. And I asked him what we were doing, and he said I was going to spar somebody. Well, I hadn't seen this coming. I didn't know anything yet. He saw my concerned look and just said, You want to be a fighter, right? Well, then you have to fight. The next thing I knew, this beast of a man walked out and got into the ring. I weighed around 160 when I was 14. This guy weighed at least 250. He was covered with hair and muscle, and he was a grown man in the army. And I was just a kid. We sparred three three-minute rounds. And I can say without reservation that they were the most physically uncomfortable nine minutes of my life. At the end of it, I was covered in blood, mostly from my nose. It turned out the blood was a good thing because it covered up my tears. The guy was hitting me at will, dancing around and popping me from every angle. I couldn't see anything coming because my eyes were so full of blood and tears. During the entire time... I didn't hit him one time, not once. I had been completely out of wind after the first 30 seconds. Between rounds, I couldn't hear anything Al was saying because I was too busy breathing. 
I had wanted to quit on several occasions, but for some reason, I didn't. I had thought about this too long and too hard to just walk out of the ring on my first outing. I knew it had to end eventually, and it did after the third round. Of course I thought I had failed miserably, but Al was full of praise and seemed genuinely impressed, which kind of confused me. After we got the bleeding under control and I was changing clothes, Al explained to me that the entire purpose of this exercise was to see if I had any heart, to see if I would quit, also to let me experience what it was like to be out of gas and defenseless in the ring so that I wouldn't ever let it happen again. He told me, Now that I know you won't quit, I can teach you how to box. We won't spar again until you're ready. And that was actually a huge relief. True to his word, I didn't get back in the ring to spar for about six months. During that time, I learned technique and gained skills and flexibility and toughness. He was very old school in his methods. One time he told me to lay down on my back and close my eyes. He went to a balcony above me and dropped a medicine ball on my stomach unsuspectedly. After a few minutes when I could breathe again, he told me I should never relax my stomach muscles, even when I'm sleeping. <laughs> For several years after that, I didn't. The next time I got into the ring, I held my own. I was always sparring grown men, though, guys much older and heavier than me so I continued to get beat up on a regular basis. But I kept getting better. And I got better much faster than I would have if he had taken it easy on me. Little by little, day by day, punch by punch, I became a good boxer. I never did turn pro. After four years of training, I joined the Army instead for reasons that would be another story. And then I had kids and started businesses and just got busy with living. The original dream that was fueled by that book in seventh grade just didn't fit as well with the man I eventually became. Though I did eventually start my own boxing gym in the town where I grew up and spent some time training kids and adults in the sweet science of pugilism. I cannot overstate the lessons that boxing taught me about myself and about life in general. Much of who I am today was forged inside the ropes of a boxing ring. It's a place where excuses die a painful death and where you get to know yourself better every time you enter. The lesson I would like people to take away from today's story is not so much about boxing. That's just my example. The real lesson is about the power of dreams, the force of ambition. My life was permanently altered because I picked up a book when I was 12. Many other people probably read that book and had an entirely different experience. So I don't think the book gave me my dream, but I do believe it ignited or awakened the power of dreams inside me. That, in turn altered my life. In my case, that dream did not come to fruition, but it created a fabric, a foundation upon which I could accomplish so many other things. It gave me momentum, 
and inertia. And if a human being can develop momentum and inertia in a forward direction, there's no telling what he can accomplish. I believe everyone has within them this great potential for ambition, and the ways we discover to express that ambition become the dreams we pursue. I personally think every man at any given moment in his life should be in pursuit of a dream. Even if you fall short of that dream, if you miss that objective, in the process you have created forward momentum and it's much easier to attach that to a new dream and keep moving forward. If you currently do not have a dream you are in pursuit of, I strongly suggest that you find one, make one, invent one. The possibility of failure holds many people back from doing this, which doesn't really make sense because failure is a requirement of success. Every man who has ever dreamt great things has also failed on multiple occasions, learned from those mistakes, and then kept pursuing the dream. If you don't start thinking about your dream right now, your ambition may never find an outlet. Start thinking about it now. Focus on it. Because the things we focus on expand. Do not let fear rob you of this. To dream is your birthright as a human. You just have to claim it. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad, signing out.